Have you ever dreamed of what life would be like if you were financially free? Yeah, me too. Which is why despite having three children under the age of four and working full time, I decided to start an online business. However, I was not prepared for the chaos starting a business would wreak on my life. I lost sight of the things that were most important to me. The result? I was stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted with nothing to show for it. I was ready to call it quits. When I realized something, when I keep the most important things in my life stable, that is when I thrive. Now I'm on a mission to inspire other amazing women to do the same. But the real question is, how do we do it? Join me on my journey as I build my financially freeing business using today's top marketing strategies while keeping stability in my home, family, and mind. My name is Johanna Buss, and this is the Stable Mama Podcast. Hey mama, welcome back to another episode of the Stable Mama Podcast. I'm so excited to have you as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we have an amazing guest. I'm really excited about her because she is a fellow scientist turned to life coach, um, just like me. So um, I can't wait to dive into her journey. Her name is Kirsten Kirschteger. Like I said, she's a scientist turned to life coach and leadership coach. The emotional ro- roller coaster that motherhood took on her led her to leave science and dive deep into the study of emotional intelligence. And she became a GENOS, G-E-N-O-S, certified practitioner. Her journey of motherhood and entrepreneurship made it clear that work-life integration is a topic most working homeschooling moms struggle with. So leveraging her analytical nature, Combined with her understanding of individualized solutions, she's created a system for moms to peel back the layers of obligations, expectations, and guilt to build a life they're excited to get up for every single day. Doesn't that sound amazing? I cannot wait to introduce her to you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, like I said, I'm very excited about this episode. First off, to just meet a fellow scientist. So, hey, hi, how are y'all? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> started I absolutely I love your bio it speaks to the nerdiness inside my heart so I cannot wait to dive into it but here in the same podcast we have this rule and is to ask the same question every single time so here it goes how do you do it how do you build your business as you keep stability in your life I don't go with stability <laughs> we, we call it flow hence my podcast the work-life flow um, it is because like I said, it's individualized solutions. So our family doesn't do well with stability and schedules and, you know, rigidity in that sense. And I don't know if this is the, the sense of the word that you use. Um, for us, it's every, everything is much more fluid. It's much more conversational, much more, you know, when things get out of whack, we, we gather together, we have meetings, we have family meetings, and we plan out how we can solve problems. We, we, we you know, it's a collaborative effort to make it work it has been challenging with COVID for sure um, because we are homeschooling family so we we as a lot of people when they hear homeschooling they think we sit at home all day <laughs> which is not true um, we used to have a two-day program for example and with COVID that shut down so those were my two days that I could dedicate for work and building my business and with that shutting down, of course, I had to find other solutions. And, and for us back then, it was me working on weekends, which, of course, for family time is not the best. But we made it work because my husband worked from home. And so we could we could do the quality family time during the week. I love that you spoke to the word stability. I know that's one of those words that kind of trigger people. And 
I couldn't find a better word. I like your word flow, but stability to me just means like what works for your family, right? What makes you feel like you are an awesome family unit and you guys are working together? So I love your answer. I think it's perfect. And I hear you with the COVID thing. It really kind of made us look for different solutions. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I come from the leadership training side. So I also like to to tell moms and working parents in general that the solutions don't always only have to be inside your home. There are solutions that you can ask for um, or accommodations, flexibility at your work as well. So it's always something to keep in mind to not only try to figure it all out by yourself. Oh, I love that you said that because as moms, we try to take it on, don't we? We're like, oh, no, my problem. I have to solve it. It has to be something I do. And I love that you brought that to light that sometimes the best solution has not necessarily something we can do, but something that we can accept. Yes. Yeah. And, and asking. I think you won't get in life <laughs> what you wanted or what you needed if you don't ask. So nobody can read your mind. Nobody can see your problems from your side unless you, oh, you shed light on, the, on it. Yes. It's such a small word, but it's so powerful. And, and something I know I've struggled with in, in my life, and I, I've watched a lot of my clients and my mamas, they struggle with it too. It's just asking, right? Just being like, no, this is what I really need right now. So yeah, that's huge. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you about your topic today. So her topic for this podcast is why motherhood is the most difficult, amen, yet rewarding leadership position you will ever have and how to use emotional intelligence to get your family on board. I absolutely love that. Looking at motherhood as like this amazing leadership position, because I feel like so often we take the other sense. We're like, oh, I'm just a mom. No, we're just, you know, making life work over here. But instead to view it as like something that is awesome because it is. It is. I, I totally, I, yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with this, that moms oftentimes, uh, they buy into this almost like victim role and, and the role of I have to figure it all out by myself and I have to do it all by myself, which is even worse because between if you have a job or running a business, you, you have the kids, maybe you do their education. And even if you're not homeschooling, if you have your kids at school, you're still doing homework with them. You are actually submitted to another schedule, which is the, the school schedule that you have to build your life around. Um, you run the household, um, vacation planning, maybe volunteer work. So moms do a lot of different things that if you sum up the hours, it's like five people's full-time job. And so there's no wonder that moms are near burnout, like after a couple of years of doing this, because they can't, they can't keep up. It's, it's not meant to be this way. The problem that I see is that we live in these small nuclear families now, usually away from family, like from extended family. And so we have to either outsource or we have to find solutions that work for us. And and for me, the solution is to step in this leadership, into this leadership potential and, and see who are the individuals in your family, getting to know them really well. What are their assets? What, what do they thrive on? What do they like doing? Where do they need? Where do they, have to, do they have challenges that I can support? 
And once you figure that out, you really can build your family team and the family culture where you follow your values. You learn to say no to things that really don't align with your values, which opens up a lot of space and time. And, you know, you, you lead them by example. You are an inspirational leader by actually showing them what it means to, to lead an intentional life. Okay, first of all, I love the vision that you just painted, that picture. It was beautiful. But one of the things that really kind of went, oh, aha, was when you said that you really look at the individuals and you find that their strengths and your weaknesses and you play to that. I feel like so often when I'm running my house, granted my kids are young yet, but I'm always like, well, this just needs to be done. So just go do it. Instead of being like, you know what? Why don't you try this or do this? And like you said, play to their strengths and weaknesses so that you are more of a team. It's in a smoother transition. Like it's, it's a better running unit. I love that. That's a great idea. And I think as moms, we actually we have a lot of those skills because we have been managing, we have been, we, we have like kind of the big picture view of what needs to get done. And you also have an idea of what your ideal life would look like, right? So all we need to do is basically carve away the parts that are the excess. It's like, I think Leonardo da Vinci said, it, he doesn't make the sculpture, the sculpture is in the stone already. He's just chipping away the excess. So if we can look at our life like this, that our ideal life exists, we just have to get clear on what is not, what is unnecessary. What can we take away? What can we let go of? That's beautiful. I did not know he said that, but I really like that quote. Like I said, again, you do a fantastic job of painting a picture and you're right, like I have this picture of the way my life is, but really to live that, to make that a reality, it's more about removing things than it is about like changing. And being okay that your life might look vastly different to others yeah. or to what society is trying to sell you at times. Beautiful message. I absolutely love that. My question lies though, and, and I know I struggle with this even, like, I love the idea of being a leader. I love the idea of being in control of my life. But I also like, I play with that guilt, you know, that like that mom guilt, like you, that pressure to be a certain way. I know you, and I, you just said it, like, you just have to stop comparing yourself to other people. But how do you really like embody that leadership role as mom? I mean, if we think about what we want our kids to learn and how we want them to live life, if we think about the core values, then it actually becomes so much easier. Your guilt is not so heavy because how can you instill values if you're not living them? So if I want, I have a boy and a girl, and if I want to give my, my daughter the message that she's equal, that she ha has equal possibilities, that her life should be and is the same as my, my son's life and her opportunities will be the same. Well, if I don't live it, if I don't show her that I can work and have a family how will she in her head ever get the idea that it would be possible so i think we have to look more towards the big picture view not the i'm not the perfect mom if i don't take them to practice every day or if i play hours and on end pretend play with them and if actually, if you ask your kids, you will hear that it's not important how many hours you spend with them. It's, are you intentional with the time? Are you present? Are you being present with them when you spend time? 
and there's lots of opportunities to 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 create those connection moments I love that two things came to mind first of all I love that you said that it's not about quantity it's about quality like the other day my son's like mom can you just come can you just come build a puzzle with me he's he loves puzzle and he knows I do too but it's been forever since I sat down and did one and I was like you know what I got 10 minutes before my next coaching call let's do it let's go build a puzzle together and it was it was 10 minutes right and I, I felt like I was cramming it in but at that same time like I set my timer I put everything aside and it was just him and me and we were just talking and we were just enjoying it and at the end of the night so we always uh before bedtime we're like okay what was your favorite part of the day and that was his favorite part and like it it, it clicked but as you were saying that I was like that's it it wasn't the the amount of time those 10 minutes mean more to him than I took him to the swim park and we went to the the actual park and we did all these other things but those 10 minutes spent the most and it's a beautiful exercise to ask them what is your favorite part of the day like we do that we ask about the favorite part of the day the most challenging one and so you know you it's it's good for them to critically think about and, you know, to revisit how their day went and because it brings to mind what they want to have more of as well, right? It's like when we sit down and do journaling or when we sit down and 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 do gratitude practice, it's it's a similar exercise. So that's a really good one. And like you said, you get you get answers that you you wouldn't have expected. You would have thought the part two hours at the park was more important. Yeah, right. Because it was more fun, right? That. That's the picture of fun. No, I, I love that. And the other thing that you said that I really liked is I feel like sometimes we just get so focused on the day. Like this is what we're doing today or the week. But that that big picture of you, like how am I, what am I doing today that sets them up for success? Like you're talking about your daughter and equality and showing that she has the same opportunities and being that role model for her. I feel like sometimes we get so, especially with younger children, like our children are very young, like in the day today, like, okay, let's get through today and then tomorrow and maybe this week, but like really thinking big picture. And I think, like you said, it'll be so much easier to dictate what your day-to-day -day looks like when you have that big picture in mind. Yeah. And, and I think if you keep the conversation up, uh, open with your family, so my, one of my ideas is that because a lot of people, when they talk about work-life integration, they talk about um, time management. And it certainly plays a role. It certainly is helpful if you have good time management. But I think the real basis is the connection, the deep relationships that you, that you create. Because whenever something comes up, if you have a great relationship, the relationship can hold that pressure, right? If, if that strain, like if you have to travel for work or if you have... I don't know, have to put in more hours and you have to postpone something that you had planned. Again, if you have a, a strong relationship, they will understand and they will say, okay, this is, this is something that came up, but we can give her this time and then we'll do something again for the family. So there is like this, this give and take, it's like, elast it's like an elastic band, right? Like <laughs> if you have a good relationship, it can, you can pull at it a little bit because you know, that you 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 work on the relationship again. That's beautiful, right? And it's and it's really about the connection. And, and I loved how you said that it's not necessarily about time management. I feel like sometimes we're just always back to puzzles, right? Just trying to put put all the pieces together so that it works. And and the beautiful thing is, um, like 
sometimes the simplest things, like I said the puzzle, but the other day my daughter and I were doing dishes. Like I was still getting something done, but she was standing there right there next to me, putting them into the drying rack. But it was time to just talk and be like, hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I just did the monkey bars. Look at, I have blisters all over my hands, right? And it's, you can do, I know they say don't multitask, but you can really build that connection while still accomplishing something. Yes. And, and I love that you, you not use, <laughs> but that you have your, your kids help out because I think part of life, I mean, what is life? You have to things, you have to get things done in the house, right? You, you have to cook food, you have to, to do the dishes. So it is just part of life. And, and we often, I think society paints this picture that we have to put our kids through school. They have to be academically accomplished and they have to do tons of extracurriculars in order to be successful in life. But what we really do is we shield them from what life is. Because it is not we, are not, we are not driving to fun activities or to learn more skills every time. No, we have to do those basic tasks and we have to collaborate and we have to figure things out in a way that they get done to the satisfaction of everybody. Right. And so I think these these skills that you teach your kids, they set them up for success because they, they teach them that it's not all about them. It is about other people. Other people have needs as well. Other people, I don't know, I like my living room a little more neat and clean than they do. So every now and then I say, look, this is really stressing me out. <laughs> I would like this is a common space. If you want to be like messy like this, maybe take it to your room. Or if it is in the living room, there is a time where now it's time to clean up because we live together. And so I think those are all skills that they learn that are very, very valuable for life, more than reading or writing at seven. No, I don't know. That's my opinion. I know a lot of people might not agree. <laughs> I actually also agree because I feel like sometimes we're not setting them up for success in life because we're not teaching them how to do life. Exactly. We're teaching them how to get the career and, you know, show up for the job and, and do that. But there's so much more to life than just going to work and just doing your job, right? There, there is the day-to-day, -day, how do I keep myself alive? What do I need to do? And I feel like sometimes we feel pressure as moms is we have to like keep that separate from our kids. Like we have to do the laundry and the dishes and clean the house and cook the meals. And, and then, then there's parenting over here. When if we just combine them, not only is it taking that pressure off of you, but you're setting your kids up for success at the same time. Yeah, I, I think so very much. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I think if we just could, I think for some families, it actually happened. Like through COVID, we had to slow down, right? And I think a lot of people went a little more inwards to see what have I been doing in life that I really don't need or that I, that, you know, that doesn't give me the joy, that doesn't bring me the joy that I, I was looking for. And I'm a huge proponent that if my kids don't beg me to do classes, I'm not signing them up because it is more on me. It is more, you know, and, and I'm not, if there's no interest behind them, I love, we love to do like um, field trips and experiments where they can, you know, so they can, they can get a taste of what something would be like, but I'm not signing them up for a class because I think, this will help their career or this will help them unless they really are interested in it. 
And this makes it, it does two things. For one, it teaches them that they really have to get clear on what they want. And then they're responsible for it. If they don't get ready for their sports class, then I'm not taking them. If they don't get ready for their robotics class, I am not taking them. So they have to assume the responsibility that comes with signing up for something. On the other hand, if it is if they try out something and after a while they, they realize, hey, this is not for me, I'm totally okay. Like we usually finish a session or something, we, have, we would have a conversation around that that look, you signed up maybe for the last few classes, what can you take out of these classes? What can you learn from them? Go with this mindset and then we won't do another session. But it really teaches them to, to think about what they want. They get to try things without pressure because there's no pressure from my side that I want them to do it. And if you think about your life, I don't know, I'm a scientist and I left science, but I really went through life more, I don't know, it was like one class, you know, one uh, education after the other, I did a PhD, I did a postdoc. And then at the end of my postdoc, I was like, this is not where I want to be. <laughs> and, and I'm like, why did I do this? Because I never, I think I wanted to show people that I could do it because when I was young, I got a lot of messages that I was not um, intelligent enough. I was not smart enough. I couldn't do it. And I would leave a lot of things that I tried out. So I think one of it was that I wanted to show everybody that I could do it. And I love experiments. I love the lab work, but I did not love the... Um, competitive environment that postdoc life is <laughs> and then it was also not compatible with family life so I was like no I don't want to do this but it was hard because I was advanced age <laughs> that's what they called my maternity advanced age so let's leave it there <laughs> and it was hard it's a difficult decision to start something from scratch to build a business around something that you totally believe in but leaving behind another career where everybody saw you as a scientist, everybody saw you going towards university professor and, and, and then you leave it. And then they're like, what? And now you're a life and leadership coach. What? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what are you doing? However, I am a big believer that the skills that we learn through our career, we can, they're transferable. We can use a lot of the skills. That's why I'm saying I have a very analytical mind. I approach problems in my clients in a different way. I'm not the fluffy <laughs> type. I'm more realistic. So that, that's what you get when you have a scientist. As a... <laughs> oh my goodness. I can relate to so much of your story. I feel like we just get in that track and, you know, we were, you know, making progress. And then at the end of it, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> right. And then you're, you're so defined by what you did so far that you're like, oh, it's really hard to pivot because it's part of almost your identity. And, and that goes back to, I love the fact that you are letting your kids figure out what they want. I feel like that's what we're really lacking in society is like, people don't know what they want. And it's hard to become anything and accomplish anything if you don't really know what you want. I know um, one of my first coaches asked me that, well, what do you want? I was like, 
I don't know, nobody's ever asked me that before. I don't know what I want. And it was, it was just a crazy question to me. And now like, I'm still not very comfortable with it, but to teach our kids when they're young to actually figure out what they want, what lights them up, what their passions are, I think is, is huge. That's yeah. a huge way to set them up for success. I don't know if you're homeschooling your kids, but in homeschooling, this is one of the the things that really attracted me to homeschooling that you meet homeschooled kids and like at age 10 12 they have interests they they know who they are they never had to fit into anything it is just amazing to see I I thought it was very freeing to see that a kid could be like this and and that is one of the motivations for us for self-directed learning I find that's amazing especially since uh, you are so educated and I'm guessing it was through the system yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, now, yes. and now to, to take that another direction I think that that's really interesting yeah. well, yeah. the, the contrast there <laughs> there's a lot of contrast in this house yes <laughs> <laughs> the analytical part again right <laughs> but no um it has been such a, a pleasure talking to you today. I, like I said, I feel like we have so much in common and I, I love the perspective you bring. I love to kind of look at things from that, that analytical view. So this is very fun for me. Um, where, can, where can someone find out more about you? So I do have a, a podcast that's Work Life Flow. Um, my website is my first name, last name. So I guess it's easier if you link to that, castingkirchsteiger.com. And if anybody wanted to get their kids a little more independent, I created some checklists. So if you do forward slash checklists, um, it's a freebie that I created for my son who has executive function um, skill, let's say lags. He lags them a little bit. And so for him, it was really difficult to to get ready in the morning, for example, or to pack his bag for sports. And so one of the ways we, we figured out how to help him was to do a checklist, for example, and it's visual. So even for kids that don't read yet, they can see the pictures and you can edit them, which is, I was like, I like to say that because I don't know what your needs are, <laughs> what you're preparing your kids for. But it's really cool because it breaks down a big problem into steps that he can do then. And so, like I said, they are, get, they are packing their bags. I don't have to worry about that. It's one thing off my plate. And they are, when, as the younger, the better. They feel really empowered when they learn to do something by themselves. So that's the checklist. And what else do I have? I have a Facebook group and I'm on Instagram is my first name, underscore last name. And my Facebook group is work, group is work life flow. That's where they can find me. Awesome. You heard of ladies, go check it out and, and grab that checklist. I think it's amazing teaching your children how to see this big problem and work it down into steps is just huge. So I think that's awesome. Go grab the checklist, check her out. I think you will love her. And I just want to give, say a big thank you again for joining us here on the Samuel podcast. I absolutely loved having you. And ladies, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, could you please take a minute to rate and review my show? It would mean the world to me. Also, let me know if you have any questions or if there's something in particular that you are struggling with so that we can cover it in future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Remember, progress is being just 1% better today than you were yesterday. You got this, mama. See you on the next episode.